Welcome to After Yes. On this podcast, we interview people who have said yes to traveling to Niger to love and serve the people there. My name is Michael Thaler, and I'm so excited to introduce you to some awesome people. We will hear stories of how God uses our yes to grow us and impact those around us. We hope this podcast sheds some light on what God is doing in the country of Niger, but more importantly, that it might inspire you to say yes to your next step so you can experience what God has in store for you. Welcome, Rod. It's uh, awesome to have you here. So um, please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Oh, well, I'm old Rod Parker, uh, sinner saved by grace. I grew up on a farm in Maryland. I went to Georgia Tech. After I finished that, I joined the Navy, flew airplanes over in Vietnam for a while. After I got out of the Navy, oh, by the way, in the while I was in the Navy, it was another young pilot who introduced me to Jesus Christ. That was the beginning of a whole different era of my life. After the Navy, I came back to the family farm and been a farmer really since then. Um, had a variety of church experiences. We even planted a church, which actually was more successful than I would have expected, thanks to God. Um, my passion now really is Bible studies. I do a couple of men's Bible studies and a couple of mixed group Bible studies. We have a couple in our home. And uh, that's kind of where our, my focus is now, getting ready for those and helping mentor some young guys. Um, I sort of tried to retire, but I wasn't much good at it. So I kept on working on the farm. So I spent a lot of time on the farm yet and taking care of my family and God has been extremely, extremely good to us, so much better than we deserve. Um, so, you know, you and I know each other well, so I just, uh, you kind of have caught up on a lot of the things that we've done, but uh, life's good, brother. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So uh, how did you and I meet each other? You know, uh, I got acquainted just briefly with the uh, with the link at that time, Equity Concepts and what you were doing, signed up to go on a team. And the, I think the first time we met was when we came to the first team meeting and uh, got to know you better. As a matter of fact, if you recall, um, in the lead up to that, we had a couple, three meetings and we were getting ready to go because we live a little distance. I invited myself and my wife to come to your house and spend the night so so we wouldn't have to drive so far. And and I remember sitting around with you and sharing that night. So that's when we really got you were just recently married and and uh that's when we really got to know each other on that night we spent with you guys. Yeah, I remember that night well. Mm -hmm. That was a, a cool time. So yeah, don't always time. get the op opportunity to meet uh, the travelers um, that don't know like that. Yeah. You know. Well, not too many people will invite yourself themselves to your house. Yeah. That's okay. I enjoyed it. It was awesome. <laughs> so uh, how did you end up going on a team to Niger? You know, Cindy Brookshire and uh, Tommy Owens, uh, Kenny Harper, came to our little church in uh, up in Montrose. And uh, just gave a presentation on Niger. And I remember it was very effective. Everybody really enjoyed it. Uh, uh, 
Cindy's husband was from that church that so was going to her husband's own church, Butch. And the uh, afterwards, we had a luncheon for them. And I remember there was two or three little uh, teenage girls that were in the congregation that heard it. And we were all standing in line, you know, kind of going through to get some food. And one of the girls said, oh, Mr. Rod, will, will you take us to Niger? And I'm... You know, and so I, and Beth wasn't that there at the time. I said, yeah, that'd be good. I think we can work this out. So they went over and told Beth, hey, we're going to Niger with you. And Beth goes, we're doing what? <laughs> so that was kind of how, it was through Cindy and Kenny and Tommy Owens. Uh, they got us inspired. And if, if you remember that first trip, I think there were four teenage girls that went with us. And uh, it was quite a time. By the way, those girls, it changed their lives, too. They're married now and all, but it was, uh, it was deeply effective. Yeah, I remember that, that trip really well. Yeah, those were the construction day term uh, yeah. teams, you know. Yep. And I remember those four girls super well, and uh, I remember one night at Coracano Church, they were playing the drums and some music, and and they came down, and I was there, and just worshiped together, unplanned. It was really cool. So yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So. I remember that one little girl could speak French, mm -hmm. and there was like a somebody could speak Falani, translated French, and she translated back, and yeah. there was a real little uh, interesting dynamic there. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. We needed her to speak in French and translate, and she did. Yeah. So yeah, it's awesome. Awesome, love it. So, um, what is it that surprised you about Niger? Oh gosh, I'm trying to think of all the different trips we went on. You know, one of the things that surprised me, and Beth mentions this all the time too, was how pretty the country was. And I know that's you don't normally think of sand as being pretty, and it's a pretty sandy place. But uh, I don't know. It just was this long, vast expanse. That was about the country. I wasn't ready for that with the big Niger River that's thousands of miles long. So the topography was one thing. But I think, of course, the people. You know, they're just these... I, I think they're very handsome people, very tall, very regal kind of like folks, and, uh, and so willing to smile and so willing to engage. And uh, that took me by surprise. I didn't really expect that. And uh, and as you know, that you know, they just want to reach out and hold your hand while you're talking to them. And uh, you know, it's just the culture is different, but in a very pleasant way because they're so so engaging. Yeah, that yeah. was just fun to experience that. That's awesome. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So um, what's, uh, what's, was there a particularly defining moment for you? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. You know, the, the, every day was a new experience. But uh, the, uh, the folks that we engaged with that were involved in ministry, like Giovanna and her husband, uh, the daycare center, I guess you'd call it, that, I think when we went to see that, it kind of blew me away. When we uh, went and watched how many there were, there was just hundreds and hundreds of these little kids, and they bathed them and fed them and washed their clothes and just took care of them in a way that was almost unbelievable and, and working on a shoestring. Then we went into the little classrooms that they had set up there and watched these kids recite 
and I was leaning up against the wall. And I and I was so impressed that I could hardly stand up. I just kind of squatted down and uh, and listened to these kids in their exuberance, quoting the whole first chapter of Genesis. And then they went into Ephesians. I said, this is incredible. And I remember her explaining to us. I kind of asked her, you know, how do you do this? She said, what's, because they couldn't read. They couldn't even, you know, they weren't old enough to do that. And she said, we know that if we put it into their head, it will be in their heart forever. And later on, they will speak about it. And she had this little thing she did with her hands. And uh, I said, that's incredible. I've told that to a bunch of Sunday school teachers. And I said, this is why memorizing the scriptures is so important. Because it's in there somewhere. And uh, and it's part of their whole psyche. And uh, they'll be able to recall it later. And it'll mean something. It doesn't mean much now, but it will one day. And uh, that might have been one of the more impressive moments that uh, I had there. Yeah, that um, we were together the first time, MGD. Yeah. Daycare, that's what it's called. I remember when uh, I think Rodrigo had contacted Mm -hmm. her, and you had told me about it. You said, uh, you know, we didn't know anything about what she was doing, and she just kind of showed up on the screen, and you asked her, what can we do? And she said, we can, I think it was feed. You can provide some food. And you said, okay, we'll do that. And she looked at you in astonishment and said, who are you? Where do you come from? You know, it was just this uh, extraordinary discovery of each other that um, clicked amazingly well, yeah. quickly. And we fed them ever since. Yeah. And that's God putting yeah. it together, you know. Yeah. Just... Over, over one million meals. And that's has been fed to those kids there. Yeah. That changed my life that day too. Radically changed that day. That one day, that one visit. Yeah. Changed my life. Yeah, I remember you used the word you said, I think this is one of the more authentic ministries I've ever seen. And I would agree with that. Yeah. You know, in Romans twelve, one and two, it talks about it being a living sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And um that was the first time I saw what I read in Romans. And it challenged me that I'm sacrificing a lot, but a living sacrifice and what that really means. Yeah. That's the first time I ever saw that. Yeah. Not just read it, but saw a living sacrifice. Um, in my life, in my days, um, I've never seen anything like that. You know, and it is kind of exciting when you 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 get sort of comfortable and say, Well, I'm doing good, you know, I'm I'm serving God. And then you meet somebody like this and you're you're perception changes you say now i see what this how the scriptures are fulfilled in a person's life so yeah yeah there's been some neat things happen and you know one of the things michael enjoys is our uh rooftop time when we kind of go over it and then the the final uh debriefing you might say and you see these grown men start crying and say i didn't know it was going to be like this and uh you know, I I just remember several instances where when we're sharing at the end, people get choked up as they realize that, you know, there's more to this Christ-like life than you initially thought. And that's what changes people. Yeah. So perception, yeah. perspective. Absolutely. That's what, it, that's what Nigel gives you. Young or old, 
Lots of knowledge in the Bible, not lots of knowledge. You're going to come back from a Niger trip totally impacted. Totally. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So it's interesting, you know, put some context around it. You went early on. Um, What was your first year? 06. 06. And you've been multiple times. Mm -hmm. Do you know how many? I think 12, but I'm not positive. Yeah, I was going to say about a dozen. Sounds right. So just to put some context around that, you've been in Niger regularly and and just um, just a great part of the whole ministry. So how did saying yes to Niger impact the way you think about the world, your faith, or the way you live your life today? Well, I think, you know, in the United States, it's easy to be a call yourself a Christian and your life is good. Over there, it's a little different. You know, there there's an oppressiveness with the whole Muslim uh, concept, and the so the in order for them to be a Christian, there has to be a a, a real commitment. You have, you know, if you're going to do that, it's going to cost you, and it doesn't cost us anything to proclaim Christianity here in the United States, at least not so far, and uh, and I think that makes it gives you a different perspective. And it also challenges you to, I guess, to um, put shoes on the feet. If you're going to walk to Christian life, then you've got, it needs, you have to be more devoted, I guess, or more dedicated to the concept than what I was at the time. So it Im- impacted me in giving. It impacted me in just uh, intensity of how I was going to live my life. And it made a big difference for me, for Beth, and for our whole family, really. That's great. So um, you were a key part in helping us with the Link Outreach Center, which is uh, the guest house where we stay when we go there, and many other people stay. Um, Probably the most popular place to stay in Niger. And um, so... Tell us a little bit about that, little about that story. Um, you know, I know I called you and said, hey, we want to build this outreach center and um, needed some money, a good bit of money. And um, tell us a little about that, that conversation that time. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I remember the concept. We were staying in the Bible school, I think, for a while. And, mm-hmm. You know, you had this idea, we're going to do this, and we're going to do it in stages. First, there was a one stage, and then another, and, uh, you know, God had blessed me, and I knew what the concept was. I said, let's go do it, and stuck some money in the deal. And I remember the second, when you wanted to put the second story on, uh, you know, we were talking about that, and I said, let's, remember we said this, let's make it a matching deal. Mm-hmm. I said, what everybody, anybody else gives, I'll match. And... uh that was great. Came up with a, a bunch of money pretty quick, and then uh, and then there was the orphanage. That was a whole different deal. But I'm, uh, hey, <laughs> I think those are were big projects. But uh, I look back and I say, well, the money that I stuck in there was. I don't know. I didn't miss it. You can't. You can't outgive God. That's what I figure. You know, God is gonna. He gives supplies your needs, and so I've got that. One of the things I think that Niger changed for me is that I looked at my giving in an entirely different way, and uh, I've got some friends that are well off, and uh, 
you know, the goal is how much, how, how much do I need to live on? And then what can I give away? And uh, that's a different formula than a lot of people look at it. And uh, I have one friend in Atlanta. He said, well, I'm up to 75% I can give away, but I can do more. I said, Not many people are, think like that, you know. And, uh, but hey, if God has put it in your hands, what did he do it? What did he do that for? He did it so you could bless others. So that's kind of how we look at it in our family. Yeah, I remember calling you uh, that day and asking you for a loan. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd figure out how to pay that back. And you said yes. And um, two things went through my mind. One is going back to what you said earlier with Cindy <laughs> and Kenny and Tommy mm-hmm. coming out that them coming out and sharing that day not only brought you to Niger, but their obedience brought an outreach center in Niger uh, through you because of that yes, and then your yes. And and um, so that's huge. And um, then you called me back a couple of days later and said, I would like to not do the loan, and we're just going to forgive that loan right up front, and we just want to give you the money. So um, huge. And then when we did the second floor, you put up a match. And... Um, and that match made all the difference. But likewise, and you mentioned the orphanage, so CSEN, when my son was raising money for that, mm-hmm. you started it off with a, a, a large match, which got that ball rolling. So your, um, your generosity um, has spurred others on in huge ways. That's just totally changed the makeup of what Niger looks like and the people of Niger ending up in heaven. So your yes has been huge. And I just want to thank you for that. Yeah. Well, thank you. But I'm going to tell you something. It's me that got the blessing. That's the way I look at it. I said, hey, I'm glad to help and bless others, but I feel like it was me that got the blessing. That's awesome. Yeah. It goes both ways. I know I've told you many times that um, and we've cried together, hugged each other in Niger and in Virginia. But um, you've been like a... Uh, like a dad to me, like a brother to me, um, like a best friend to me, and um, you're a very, very special person um, in my life, and I'm sure many others. But we're talking Niger here, and my world. You've been huge in my life, and the people in Niger's life. Yeah. Well, uh, you've been an inspiring character too, Michael. To not only me, but plenty of other people, uh, because of your sold out, sold outed attitude that you always have about everything, and you know, others first, and I. So maybe I'm like a dad to you, but I want to be like you. (laughs) Well, thank you. So in all of that, um, I'm a big quote guy, and there's two quotes that I want to share with you, and they're both on legacy. Um, And you'd mentioned, you know, you're you're doing a lot, not just with your money, but your your time, your talent, your love, your your giver in every way. And so the first one is for me. Okay, it says legacy is not what you leave for someone else. It's what you leave in someone else. Mm. So I'll speak for me and what you've left in me um, and your legacy, still leaving in me, but will last forever. And then just for the people of Niger, legacy is not a job or a credential or a sum of money, but the totality of an individual's effort on behalf of others. And um, those quotes, when I read those, and I just love quotes, both of them just point right back to Rod Parker. So I want you to know that. You're very generous with your comments. Thank you. So um, one other thing uh, you didn't mention earlier, flying. You love to fly. I do. 
I've had some good experiences with you on flying, but uh, how, how did you start to fly? Why do you? What? Well, you know, I, I, actually, when I went to college, my dad was a pilot, and uh, although we never flew together ever, not one single time, he was kind of a role model in that respect. And I just, I had the physicalness, I guess, to to be a pilot, and so and I was went in the Navy, and um, I had actually taken some lessons before I got in the Navy, and. But when I went in the Navy, I said, I'm gonna, I'd am gonna. i like to be a pilot. They said, great, here you go. And Vietnam War was ripping along right then, so they pushed you through quick. And uh, that's how I learned to fly in the Navy. And it wasn't very long before I was flying those jets off of aircraft carriers in Southeast Asia and did that for a few years. And then I realized I, I really enjoyed the Navy. And Beth did too. We thought this was good. But uh, after I became a believer, which was in that process, uh, and we started having kids, I said, you know, if, in order to really have the highest success in the Navy, you have to go to sea a lot. You're gone a lot. And uh, I was looking at these little kids and saying, you know, I don't think I want to miss as much of the life as demanded. So I gave up flying for the military and became a farmer. <laughs> But I still love to fly, so I got a couple airplanes, and I'm still flying airplanes. Every week I go somewhere or do something. So my my biggest flying experiences now are giving young kids in the church airplane rides on Sunday afternoon. That's what I do a lot of. Well, that's awesome. You, um, you know, there's, there's two things I want to say to flying. One is um, you took Sharon and I flying separately. Yeah. You took her, it was in a two-seater, you took her first, and I watched you, and I said, well, I can do that. And then you took me a little differently, which I didn't know you were going to do, and you went straight for the tree line and directly up the tree line, and then did a flip, which you didn't do with her. So those are my flying memories with you, and um, and we've flown many other times. Uh -huh. But, but you know, one of the interesting things is when you went to Niger with General Wright, um, you know that he was the highest-ranking general, and yeah. he was a pilot for yeah. the for the yeah. president. Right. And I just remember you guys. Yeah, we had a lot of good conversations about that. He flew C-130s, which I know a little bit about, and uh, so we had good common ground there. Yeah, and you know a lot of people by name in Niger, so you've been many times, and throughout this, you've mentioned names, and mm. and um, and then just again, you're taking people. You know, so family, you've taken your son, your granddaughter. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So very cool. And of course, Beth's been, your wife's been too. Awesome. Yeah, she's been a few times. Awesome. All right, so at the end of each podcast, I'd like to give our guests one minute to speak a word of encouragement to our listeners. What message would you like to leave with them today? Oh, man. I, I thought a little bit about this. I'll tell you what's been on my heart lately. We've been, you know, at the beginning of uh, Paul's epistles, he almost, he always greets them and he greets them in the name of Jesus and he wishes them grace and peace. And uh, I've just been contemplating those two words, grace and peace. And I think if you think about it, that's what everyone, uh, Christian and non-Christian, like wants in their life. They want some unmerited favor. They want some blessings. They would like to, and then they want peace, which is this uh, incredible uh, sense that everything is right and uh, things are settled and secure. And um, I just always 
when I'm talking to a young man or a young woman that, or anybody it could be old too, that's got some entanglements or anxiety, you know, grace and peace are the things that I wish for them. And the words that I try to speak to them would convey that. And you and I know, and most of the audience probably knows that those things only come through Jesus Christ and being sold out to him. You know, I, Paul starts and even ends some of the epistles with these words, grace and peace. And uh, like I said, it's, it's exactly what everyone searches for in their life in a lot of different ways. But it comes through our Lord Jesus Christ. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that and sharing everything else with us today. And I just so much love and appreciate you, Rod. Uh, Feelings mutual, Michael. Thank you for having me. Sometimes God presents us with an opportunity that may just change us forever. What do you need to say yes to in your life today? Mm